0: Welcome in to the Locked On Knicks podcast, Gavin Shaw. Alex, we'll back at it, into the swing of things, full off-season mode. We had our our mini vacation. I I spotted Alex in Cancun. He ran away from me when I waved at him. But Alex, we're back, and we're going to be talking player reviews. And we're starting off with uh, just about the three biggest names on the team.
1: Yeah, we're doing the end of the bench today. We've got Jared Harper Theo Pinson and Norvel Pal got to start somewhere, so we're starting with the guys that were the the glue at the end of the bench and perhaps also glue to the end of the bench. So we'll be talking about those three next on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. Right now. Anthony for three! That one goes down! back up, off the
0: glass, it's good! Becomes infectious. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join just Alex this week, Thursday at 5:30 to get in on the action. I'll be back next week. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. And if you didn't get the message, well, we'll tell it to you. I'm Gavin Shaw, a resumed play-by-play broadcaster. If you're listening to this, I'm probably in Long Island broadcasting some lacrosse championships. He's Alex Wolfe editor-in-chief of the greatest Knicks website out there, the Strickland. And Alex, I feel, I feel almost a weird sense of nostalgia. It, it, it's almost like nothing. Obviously, the world has changed dramatically in so many different ways. From last year but in in some ways it feels like nothing has changed i feel like i'm right back in in march where or march of 2020 that is when our season abruptly ended and we were like all right guess we guess we better just start doing uh player reviews and, and getting into the offseason all of a sudden we're back there deep in offseason mode and we are starting up the reviews again we didn't plan this so this uh, this will surprise me in the moment uh who do you want to who do you want to start off with out of uh the three bench guys we're going to go over today
1: I think we should probably go with Jared Harper. Uh, I'm going to say that he was probably the guy that, I mean, it's not a knock on him, but probably had the least impact of any of these three guys that we're doing in this episode. So we'll start with Jared. And, uh, you know, I I think, you know, I did an episode when the Knicks picked him up. And, of course, this was like huge news last offseason when it was uh, Jared Harper was Leon Rose's first move as uh, as the president of basketball operations of the team making that move to to grab him uh, when he got waived by the Suns and dropping Alonzo Trier, which was huge news at the time once the NBA's like, transaction window opened back up prior to the bubble. So it was, it was big news last year. This And I did a, a really nice podcast with the Locked On Auburn guys way back when. I, I think it was last May, June. It was a while ago. Um, but if you want to go back and listen to that, you know, Harper's definitely a player that, is intriguing. Uh, he's undersized. He's under six feet tall, which is obviously not ideal in a league full of guys that are, you know, six, five to over seven feet generally, but he's pretty skilled. You know, he has really good range. He's pretty good off the dribble. Um, it, you wrote in, in our notes, Gavin, I agree. He nominally, he's kind of a tipsy point guard, uh, you know, the, the smaller guard that can break down, you know, A defender in front of him he can finish pretty well for a dude his size uh and he can shoot the three a bit but mostly he just has a a real sense of of bravado out there and is is willing to just like you know try to score the ball pretty much all the time which is sort of the way that tibbs likes his point guards uh (laughs) you also know that he didn't make a field goal all year um which was uh, certainly something I you could have fooled me, though. I I thought that maybe he did, but I guess it was I'm remembering the preseason games. He had had one preseason game where he was pretty good, if I remember correctly. And then, of course, he was really good in the G League bubble, too, which we'll get to in a minute. But, um, Gavin, what are you what are your thoughts on Harper? I mean, obviously, he was on a two way contract for most of the year, so pretty inconsequential. Uh, They actually took him, I think, took him off the two way contract for a bit so that they could sign some of the other guys and give them extra money. Like guys off the G league team, they signed, gave them a little bit extra money by giving them like a, pro prorated two way deal or whatever, and then cut them. And then I think by the end of the season, Harper was back in the two way slot. There was a lot of machinations there. I don't know if he ended the year on a 10 day contract or something with the, the big Knicks or whatever, but either way, he didn't really see any playing time. And you know, it you could argue whether maybe he should have gotten some garbage time minutes, from time to time just to kind of see what he had to offer. But uh, by and large, he was, he was just like nailed to the bench when he was with New York all year. Uh, but what, what did you think about him? Like what are your general thoughts on his game? Cause I guess there's, there's not too much on court to talk about, but I am intrigued to see if like the Knicks maybe see enough in him to keep him on for another year.
0: Yeah. Well, I always, I always think about this and I, I, it's funny. I was talking to my dad about this the other day, but you have to be so good at basketball to be, borderline in the NBA at 5 foot 10. Just think about how many 5 foot 10 guys there are in America. So many more than there are even six one, six two, six three, six four, six five. 62, 63, 64, 65. There's so so much competition out there. And for him to probably be like I I guess on paper right one of the 5 to 10 best 5 foot 10 guys in the world. Pretty incredible accomplishment, though ultimately not at all relevant to our conversation about whether or not he's good enough to be on the Knicks, whether or not he's good enough to play in the NBA. I, I remember, um, I guess we're, we're going back like a, a year and a half now, maybe, when you did the um, episode with the locked on Auburn guys on him when the Knicks initially signed him and, and we were all, we were, we were super, super excited about it. And, and they were kind of hyping up and saying, yeah, man, you, you guys are getting a really good player. I remember because I, I know I always say on this podcast, but I'm also a, a Phoenix Suns fan, a very happy. Uh, Phoenix Suns fan at the moment, and when he was on their summer league team, I was like, "Oh wow, this guy, this guy's really good." They might have found themselves a, a, a little like a, a little like backup point guard, and, and the Suns have recently. Um, in, in years past, gotten D'Anthony Melton and Javon Carter, so I was like, all right, they have a pretty good track record. And, and oh, and even more recently, campaign. So I was like, they have a pretty good track record with these dudes. They they kind of know they're scouting. And then Leon Rose prioritized him, and I was like, all right, this guy, this guy might turn into like just one of those gems that, that you find um, that wasn't on a team and ends up being a really really useful player. And obviously, that did not really come to fruition this year. He he played a bit in the preseason. Outside of that, only got spot minutes. Um, though just the fact that he was considered good enough to be up with a big roster. Should certainly tell you something. Um, I I went back, watched some of his G League highlights, came away as always extremely impressed with his quickness. His shot is gorgeous, and he makes some really, really deep threes. range certainly isn't an issue for him. And and to circle back to that point about him being a Tibbs point guard, in in some ways in terms of his style of play – he was ex- exactly what Tibbs wants. I mean, we, we kept saying that over and over again. The reason Alfred Payton was out there was because he was sort of the one dry first point guard on the roster. Jared Harper brings a lot of that to the table, but with a much better three-point shot than someone like Alfred Payton a- and a guy who, at least in college, had the reputation to be an, extra, a- an excellent defender from all I understand that carried over into his G League play. Um, and it's just a question of, like, do, do you think he can hold up on there and not not just get killed on picks? Um, from everything I've heard and read about him, it seems like with his tenacity, his quickness, his, his lower body strength, I, I think he can. And it just—he strikes me as someone who just sort of needs that shot in the NBA. Do everything's going to be a star? Do everything he's even going to be a starter? No, not really. But I think he could be a useful bench point guard. I—I I, I would just be surprised though, if the Knicks don't address that position in either the draft or free agency. And then you have Garrick Rose presumably coming back to be your backup. You have Emmanuel quickly fitting in there in, in some capacity. And all of a sudden, there just they're, there isn't room for Jared Harper. So that's sort of how I see it ending up, Alex. But a- any final thoughts on Harper before we move on to our next guy?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, first off, what if you were going to put a percentage on it, what do you think the chances are he comes back? I would assume it's probably going to be on a two-way contract. But what, what do you think the chances are?
0: Yeah, on a two-way, I'd, I'd say like, I'd put it like, I mean, I think it all, obviously we don't expect him to keep Peyton. And then maybe he's just your, your breaking case of emergency fourth point guard if if two guys ahead of him get hurt. But it it is somewhat, the reason I have it so low is I have a feeling they end up with a point guard with one of their draft picks.
1: Yeah. I kind of feel the same way. And the other thing too, is I think if I'm not a hundred percent, if rules are going to allow it, but if they're allowed to keep Pinson on a two-way contract again, which we'll get to in a minute, I think that they're probably going to use one of their two two-way slots on him, and then probably want to use the second one on someone new and get a fresh look at somebody else. Uh, having already taken their look at, at Jared Harper, uh, I will say I wanted to shout out like a best game or moment from everybody uh, as we do these you know these reviews and everything. As far as Harper's concerned, not too much in the NBA. Obviously, rarely got play time. As you uh, noted, didn't get a, a field goal all year. Uh, but I'll I'll shout out his time in the G League bubble. He uh, he made All G League first team for the G League bubble. Averaged 21.3 points, seven assists, shot over 40% from three. So good performance there, showing out for the Westchester Knicks along with Iggy Brazdakus before he got cut eventually. So you know, shout out to uh, Jared Harper with the the great G League performance. But yeah, I don't have too much more to add. Uh, on him I I will say if I was going to put the percentage on it you know it does depend on what the Knicks do in the draft but if they draft another point guard particularly if they would get someone like the guy that we keep talking about Sharif Cooper or someone like that who's kind of in the same mold as Harper but better uh, I could probably see Harper just uh, you know not ending up on the Knicks again but I'm also in agreement with you I think I think he definitely has NBA skills you know I don't know I don't think he necessarily has that Isaiah Thomas trajectory where he's going to turn into this like surprise star or even a surprise starter to your point, but he could probably be a third string guard on some team, particularly like a rebuilding team, you know, maybe go to the Thunder or something or, or the Rockets or a team like that, where he can sort of soak up some second or third string minutes, you know, and just kind of actually get his feet wet in the NBA and actually get a chance to play. Maybe he's able to carve out a role for himself, but I definitely think he has skills. It's just that that height really holds you back in the NBA unless you're like spectacular, uh, which he's again not not quite that like Isaiah Thomas level of good. Um, but Gavin, I, you know, if the Knicks end up having an opening for another two-way slot this year, is there
0: any particular website that they should check out if they're trying to find a candidate quickly? You know, oh, wow, great great use to quickly just just slip that in there. But there certainly is, um, Indeed.com. Maybe maybe Indeed, maybe they found a manual quickly on there and they were like, oh, wow, his profile is great. You know what, let's just, let's just keep it quiet and, and we'll get him at some point in the middle of the first round. But if you're the hiring expert for your company and what you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates, you need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier, you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as 123 post screen interview all on Indeed. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and simple. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately, and Indeed skills tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests that add your must-have requirements, so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need... Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsor job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply.
1: And today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Take it from me. I ate one earlier today before going to the gym. I like having a little protein in my belly. I joined a a basketball league that's starting up soon. So I'm trying to, you know, finally remove all the excuses from my life and get back in shape like pre-COVID. So, you know, I need some built Bars to give me that protein kick that I need when I'm <laughs> working out to the point that I feel like I'm going to vomit. Uh, so it, you already know what flavor I had too. I had coconut almonds. It was, it was the best. It, you know, honestly, that, that sweet, you know, almond joy, like flavor made me almost forget all about the fact that I was about to put my body through a whole bunch of punishment and weightlifting and stuff. So it's uh, it's definitely my favorite, but Built Bar has nine delicious flavors at all times, plus some occasional limited time flavors. And the bars have 17 whole grams of protein, just 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. And you can't really beat that anywhere else as far as protein bar value. So if you want to pick some up, Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Gavin, I bet you were enjoying the Suns games recently uh, oh. considering they're your second team
0: I, I I was floating on a cloud Alex as as all of us have uh, who follow the Knicks and maybe follow the NBA as a whole know it, it's been a tough decade to be a Knicks slash Suns fan so pr- pretty amazing to see one of my teams finally break through and make the conference finals
1: yeah definitely a fun time and uh lots of great fights happening in the <laughs> in the bleachers.
0: <laughs> yep. That um... dude,
1: that Suns fan, man, he he won that fight as handily as the Suns won that series, I'll tell you that much. Uh, because that was that was not even close. <laughs> At any rate, we're moving on to our next player. We have Theo Pinson up next. And Gavin, do you wanna do you wanna give the uh the lowdown on Theo here, our bench? Celebration extraordinaire guy on the team.
0: Yeah, so I didn't. I didn't even look up stats on Theo. I, I know he got into a couple of games. I thought I remember us. And this shows you how how much of a blur the season was. But I, I remember very distinctly us talking about him after a preseason game against. If I'm remembering correctly, it was the Cavs where he he got in in a blowout and actually looked really good passing the basketball. Which going back to his time at North Carolina was, was a really good skill of his. Always a great athlete. The question with him in, in terms of his actual playing has been, uh, can he shoot the basketball? And he's had stretches in the G League where he's been very, very good in that capacity. He's had stretches where he has some of that. Not so good. It hasn't really translated to the NBA, but the sample sizes are so small. Yada, yada, yada. They're, 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 you, you can... You can kind of give or take whether or not he will ever be an NBA rotation piece, but I gotta say, Alex, he is a heck of a teammate. I I watched like, uh, I mean, not not that I needed to, uh, given given all we saw and heard this year, but like a five to six minute uh, clip on YouTube that the Knicks put out. I would encourage people to go look for it, where like it's just a bunch of different guys talking about like what what he means to them and what he means to the team, and it was like Reggie Bullock, RJ Barrett. Um, Emmanuel quickly, and uh, not, nothing but the highest of praise for Theo Pinson and, and a guy who it, it felt like he, uh, him, and I'll, I'll put Obi Toppin as sort of like the assistant minister of bench celebrations. But they they brought a liveliness and a likability to this team, and, and and there's always a there's always that case to be made that the best seasons in sports, which is what we all got to experience this year, as Knicks fans are the ones where your team surprises you and and you just didn't see it coming. But out of nowhere, you get this, this lovable, amazing journey. And obviously Randall epitomized that from a play perspective, but I thought Theo sort of uh, was a microcosm of that energy all year. And it's hard to put, a, a number value on that but it's clearly something that nba teams do value i mean i i, I wrote in i wrote in the piece like w- would you like rather of him or, or a guy like jared dudley who maybe isn't quite as energetic but but is, has been around and, and seen a lot and, and can maybe give more like hardcore like basketball advice and strategic advice and developmental advice to young guys but it seems like theo based on everything we've heard is, is really really good in that capacity as well in addition to providing something that you you typically wouldn't really see from like an older guy in the locker room. And that's just this incredible chemistry. And, and, and you see the way teams year after year or, or the best teams in the league that have the luxury of being able to add a 14th or 15th guy that really is just for that element and they sign them every year, and, and according to the guys on the team, the, those people have immense value every year. And to me, at least, it makes a lot of sense because you're playing this 82-game season. There, there's a lot of opportunities for friction in terms of playing time, and, and and you listen to NBA executives talk all the time, and they'll tell you, like, really, people underestimate it, but 60 to 70% of the job is, is managing egos and managing expectations. To have someone like Theo Pinson on the roster who makes all those things just 10% easier, I, I really, I, I think that's, that's an immense service. And I know it, it sort of sounds like Um, I don't know, kind of like, I I don't want to say like BS, but kind of like, all right, you're giving a little bit too much credence to like something that isn't basketball because he's he's not a great NBA basketball player, but I don't know, Alex, I really, I I do think that over the course of a year that really makes a difference in how a team performs. And and, and in that sense, he has quite a bit of value.
1: I think this year in particular, he really had a lot of utility as far as that's concerned, because, you know, there were no fans for most of the year. So I think the fact, and I mean, there was a lot of talk about this, like early on in the season from Tibbs, from the other players and otherwise like that. What Pinson brought was actually really valuable out there as far as his ability to get the Knicks bench involved, you know, like almost like there were always those kind of guys like in high school, you know, like that. You're not always playing in front of robust crowds in high school. So sometimes it's on the team to make the energy. And in this case, it was totally on the team to make the energy for large parts of this year. And for so much of it, you would see, you know, other guys might have the more entertaining celebrations. Like when I'm thinking about them, some of my favorites from this year were like uh, uh, Norval Pell doing like this very angry flex thing. But where he like kind of bobbed back and forth, that was one of my favorites at one point this year. R.J. Barrett with the the strumming the guitar celebration at one point. But, you know, I feel like a lot of those guys might not have necessarily been up on their feet, if not for Theo Pinson, because I think he, you know, he might not have gotten a lot of minutes this year, but he spent 48 minutes on his feet every year, or every game, I mean to say, this whole season. And I just think that that is valuable and was particularly valuable this year. Now, I would have to look up the rules. I... I am not 100% certain if he's eligible for another two-way contract. Uh, there are, like, service limits and age limits and stuff on those. Um, or, no, maybe not age limits, but there's definitely, like, service limits on two-way contracts. I think you can only have so many of them before you're not allowed to sign two-way contracts anymore. So if the Knicks are able to bring him back on one next year, I think they they should, just because I do think that he's this, like, this valuable bridge in the locker room between the younger players and the older players. It seemed like, I mean, granted, I don't think anybody really had any bad words to say about each other on this team. One really nice thing about the Knicks this year was that they all seemed to really like each other. They didn't, there was no real reporting of any locker room beefs or anything like that. Um, Even when he had guys that like fell out of the rotation or whatever, like Austin rivers, like it was nothing but nice things being said all around. It was just kind of like, it's a business, you know, I I'd like to play, but I'm not playing. So it's fine, whatever. But either way, Pinson was like the, the tie that bound everybody, it seemed like, and, and everybody just had so many nice things to say about how good he was as a teammate and as a person. And, you know, it, again, to your point, it's not to trivialize what he does on a basketball court because he's clearly very talented. I mean, I remember that game you were talking about too, where he had, a few like real wow passes. Like there were a few where he was in the air and then like snaked it to the corner for like a corner three. And it blew my mind. I was like, how is Theo Pinson doing this? Like I've, I, I I had no idea that he had this level of passing ability, Uh, but ultimately he can't really shoot. He's not an elite athlete in the sense of like, he's not super vertical and and not a super great finisher around the rim and all that stuff. And he's pretty old. You know, I think he's 24, 25, 25 maybe even pushing 26 years old. Like he was an old rookie when he came out. Uh, so, you know, he's he's pretty far along age-wise for a, for a guy who's still considered sort of like a young player in the NBA. Uh, so I don't have real high hopes for his basketball ability to increase too much or for him to ever claim any playtime. But as you said, I mean, I think the Knicks were, uh, you know, obviously the, they're going to run like a 10-man rotation roughly. You have to figure between injuries and stuff, you might have to dip you know, 13 people into that, 14 people maybe. So I don't necessarily think you could give him any more than maybe the 15th slot, you know, on the roster, Uh, but preferably a two-way contract. But I think there's value to what he brings, you know, because ultimately with the two-way ones, you could just treat the, the one as the Theo Pinson slot for as long as he can be in there, and then the other as the one where you give a player a shot and see what you got. Now, granted, you know, I guess in an ideal world, you want to use both of those to, to see what you've got as far as some like fringe players, but the Knicks luckily are kind of on the upswing and don't need to be giving like real play time to two way players anymore. They can just kind of be what they're meant to be and just be developmental slots or just like extra spots on the roster that you use to kind of, you know, bend the rules a little bit. So, um, yeah, I, I, Again, I, I would look for best games and moments. I think that was probably the best game, though, that preseason game where he had the passing display there. Um, other than that, he didn't really do too much during the regular season. He was kind of the victory cigar. Like if Theo Pinson was checking in, you knew the Knicks had the game very well in hand with about three minutes to go because uh, Tibbs would not sit the starters or the, or the key players unless the Knicks were up like 15 with a, a matter of like two minutes to go. So... uh That's my take on Pinson. I guess we could do the percentile thing again. Uh, If I was going to put a percentage on him coming back based off the fact that it seemed like Rose was really into him, Leon Rose that is obviously, uh, I would probably put it like 50-50. But a lot of it's probably going to depend on if he can sign another two-way contract. But what do you think as far as his chances to come back?
0: Yeah, I think I think two ways. I was just looking it up while, while you're talking. I think two ways are, are limited to guys with four years or less of experience. And if I'm not mistaken, this was his fourth year in the NBA because he played in that 2017 national championship game. Maybe I'm off on that, but yeah, I think I think it'll be interesting. Maybe maybe they find maybe he's a guy they just figure out a way to have a roster spot for. But I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's kind of dicey. So I would I think I'm going to say 25, percent but I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure
1: yeah yeah I it's it, it, I mean I guess we'll just see with him I would love to have him back though you know because I just think he was he was a fun dude and I'd be happy to have him back on the team if you want to play some actual bets on it though you know keep an eye out there's there's going to be some bets on betonline.ag as far as uh you know whether players are going to be going to different teams or whatever you might be able to find a Theo Pinson bet on there somewhere BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs in the case of baseball i guess cuz all the other sports are in the playoffs right now uh basketball and hockey so definitely check that out too head to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on again that's betonline.ag promo code locked on betonline your online sportsbook experts all right, and we're back finishing our end-of-the-bench player reviews, uh, which, honestly, I've been having kind of a fun time with. I like these end-of-the-bench guys. I, I'm sad that we didn't get to see more of them this year, but that brings us to Norvell Pell, uh, who's a guy that came onto the team better part of the way through the season. Uh, he signed with the team beginning of April as sort of an emergency option because the Knicks had Mitchell Robinson out with injury, and uh, I believe at the moment that they signed Pell that Noel was going through some issues or something, if I remember right, but ultimately was able to play through it. Uh, but there was a chance that like Taj Gibson was only going to be there that was going to be their only healthy, like true center. So the Knicks went ahead and signed Pell to a deal. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and get his best game out of the way right away, Gavin, because I've been saving it for the end, but I'm so excited to talk about it and relive it again. Uh, it was the Knicks at Detroit on April 3rd, he put up the relatively pedestrian stat line of 1.3 rebounds, two blocks. But the highlight of the game was he came in during garbage time. This was, uh, I think the Knicks were coming off kind of a bad loss at this point and they really needed a win. And the Knicks just smacked Detroit. It was not even close. I think they, they were up by like 50 at one point, And I think they won by over 40, if I remember correctly. But that's not important. The thing that was important was that Norvel Pell got to check in. Like I think it was only like two days after he signed. It was it was his first chance at action that day, and he actually got to see action, which nobody really saw coming. And he winds up getting the one point three rebounds, two blocks, but in garbage time, dislocates his finger uh, on I think it was a dunk attempt that got kind of altered. By somebody, or like he got he got kind of fouled, which screwed up where his hand wound up going, and he dislocated his finger. It was either his middle or or ring finger, I forget. And what I do remember is just there was a camera angle where you could see where I don't know if the camera guy or or if the person in the truck knew that they were showing what they were showing, but for a moment there, Pell had his hand up and his his finger at the first knuckle, or the second knuckle, I guess, it was just like pointing in a totally different direction, and it was not pretty, and uh, I saw it and was like, oh, oh my god, like, oh, he's, well, welcome to the team, buddy, but you're out for the rest of this game, I guess, because that's pretty nasty looking, but Pell is sitting there the whole time with his finger pointing, like, south when the rest of his hand was facing north, and he's laughing about it, and then gets up, goes to the trainer, they show the trainer, like, you know, pops the finger back in. And then Pell just, like, walked right back out and shot free throws. Uh, Made the two, or made one of two free throws, if I remember right. And then uh, blocked another shot, or maybe two shots. I think he blocked the two shots in succession, if I remember right, with the previously dislocated finger hand. And blocked two shots uh, on the other end. Became an instant legend to me. I'm sure some people have probably already forgotten about that game, but I will never forget the Norvell Pell uh dislocated finger game as long as I live. It was it was like one of those fun like one of those fun moments that'll live on to me from this season, kinda like like the final game of the 1213 season. Earl Barron. Yeah, where Earl Barron came in and played like 48 full minutes. Shump played like 48 full minutes. They were all like dead by the end because the Knicks were resting everybody for the playoffs at that point. Uh it, it it'll live on as far as this great Knicks season. That'll be like one of my my top highlights as far as just, like, folk hero moments uh, for this year. But what did you think about Pal? I didn't really get too much into his actual utility, <laughs> which I actually think is pretty I, – I think he's pretty useful. He, he's kind of gives you a lot of the same things that Mitch does, but he's just, like, in a much less refined package uh, and, and just can't control himself. And he's it, kind of like if Mitch had the foul sensitivity or, or, you know, like the foul awareness turned down to, like, zero. And at his worst, I think Mitch has had it at, you know, like – 33 percent or something um because just essentially comes in there on a mission to block shots at all costs even if he hacks guys and and fouls out in five minutes um but i I do think he's pretty useful as a defensive player but what's your general thought on him
0: no i think i think that's a pretty good analogy and he he is he's a big body He is athletic and he seems like someone because of that who's destined to bounce around NBA teams until he refines some part of his skill set, whether it is becoming more disciplined on on defense or, or adding like a little bit of like a jumper on offense or becoming better at setting screens or, or whatever that may be. But I, I think ultimately because of that um, it, it's hard to say that he'll, be back on the Knicks and obviously I mean it's going to be a long conversation that we'll have throughout the offseason but the Knicks have a number of different options in terms of what they can do at the center spot this summer there's a scenario where they just run it back with Taj Mitch and Gibson which obviously worked out really well we've talked a lot on um, our locker rooms and the pot in general about a desire to potentially add the stretch five like perhaps it's someone like Serge Ibaka Um, or someone that they find in the draft. I know um, hopefully I'm getting his name right. I think it's Trey Murphy III out of Virginia. It it is a really enticing name for a lot of different people, and we're going to do a draft episode uh, either this week or next week, so maybe we'll get into that. Um, So there's a couple of different ways this can go, and very few of them, at least in my mind, result on them having Pell back on the roster because again the Knicks the Knicks do have those two draft picks. They do have these grand free agent ambitions and they have just so many guys who are sure things to come back. So I think the numbers will get short. I will say in, in a scenario where the Knicks have another injury and like, you know, with Taj's age, you never know with him, Mitch it, it's looking um, increasingly plausible that I mean, to, I, I know you made the point earlier that a lot of times, like like I, or both his injuries were somewhat fluky, but with big guys and feet, you you can never be too sure. I, I think he'd be similar to what Taj Gibson was this year, and obviously that turned out way better than any of us ever could have expected. I think he'll be the breaking case of emergency guy unless another team snaps him up.
1: Yeah, I think that could be the case too. It, you know, it's just going to depend on what their priorities are. Like you said, you know, if they. If they decide that they're going for a a stretch big and that that's a priority this year to try to make sure that you have someone that can that can shoot, you know, at the five spot potentially, then you know I don't necessarily know if Pell comes back. They might view Obi as that guy though, and and just say, well, if we're gonna if we're gonna run, you know, try to run some sort of a five out offense, then we may as well at least have a team that can run in transition too, and really try to punish teams multiple ways. So maybe they view Obi as that guy. Uh, and Pell can still find his way onto the roster I I don't know I I do think that I he wasn't necessarily a guy that was in the plans this year he was just sort of a guy that happened because they ran into injuries they'd sort of had their eye on him a little bit like it had been reported by like I think Ian Begley and a number of other guys on the beat for like a few weeks prior to the Knicks getting him that like when he got I think he played for the Nets and then for Sacramento this year um on 10 day contracts before ending up with the Knicks. And, you know, there was reporting after the Sacramento deal that like, Oh, he's a free agent. Now the Knicks are going to keep their eye on him. And, you know, it didn't come to fruition for a few weeks, but he, he wasn't really part of the plan in the sense that like, when we were just talking about Pinson or, uh, Harper, you know, those two guys, I think were part of the plan, you know, like even though they're fringe guys, like as soon as they became available, Pretty much, the Knicks got them. You know, they they went out there and they signed those two guys, and or and or claimed them off waivers or whatever, and got them locked into two way contracts to be like end of the bench guys for this year, because uh, there were guys that they felt strongly about. Powell was just kind of like a guy that they signed because it was like, oh crap, we might only have thirty whatever year old Taj Gibson to go for this game, uh, so we should probably you know get someone else another warm body that's around seven feet tall that can play defense a little bit just in case we need him. And they did that. And, but then pal kind of, he had that super tough moment in the first game and it seemed like everybody was getting, you know, it seemed like just like everybody else, he just kind of became one of the guys pretty quickly. He was, he was doing the bench celebrations and, you know, seemed very friendly with the rest of the players and all that pretty quick. So, um, you know, I think they just kept him around ultimately after that. Cause they were like, well, he's, He's good as that, as you said, break in case of emergency big. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with keeping him around. But um, I don't know if I'd feel super confident that he's going to be back next year. Although maybe, like, if New Orleans Noel leaves and, you know, then you have Taj and Mitch as your rotation and you don't draft somebody as, like, that third string big, maybe they bring him on and still try to add another big in addition maybe. Uh, but I feel like if that's the case, they would probably just want someone more uh, – like more skilled not to put it that way, but like they would just want someone better if they could sign someone for probably like three, $4 million instead of signing Pell to another minimum contract. I don't see why they wouldn't do that uh, and get like their next New Orleans Noel type that they kind of sign on the cheap and get good production out of that's like better than what you could get out of a minimum contract player. So I guess we'll see. We'll see how their strategy goes, but uh, to play one more percentage game on Pell, He's the guy I'd probably go lowest on. I think I would say I probably only think it's about a about a ten to fifteen percent chance that he comes back. But what do you think, Gavin?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it too much higher. I I'm 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 right. I'd say like ten percent chance. I, I think the chances that he's on the Knicks at some point next season, I put closer to twenty, just because I mean it, it does obviously I think Philly's had him at least once, maybe twice. I know Brooklyn very briefly signed him last year. I, I, the point is, if the Knicks are in need, there's a pretty decent chance he'll be available, and to your point, provided pretty good minutes when he had his opportunities with the Knicks. So I I wouldn't be terribly shocked to see him on the roster at some point next year, but I think it's a long shot that he's on the opening day roster, and I would still say below 30% that he, he's, he's on the team at any point next season.
1: I concur. And with that, I think we can wrap up our first player review episode of the season here. So this is this was fun, actually. I mean, I don't know. These guys, everybody on this roster deserves their moment in the sun from this past year because everybody had their role to play. Even if it was in, in uh, Orlando, in the G League bubble. Even if it was just being the bench celebration maestro. Even if it was just creating... A lasting moment of uh, uh, pain tolerance in Nick's history. Uh, no matter what, <laughs> not quite the Willis Reed moment, but you know, pretty close. The Norvell Pell moment probably is like number two, maybe number three. I don't know. There's probably another good injury moment out there, uh, but you know, it's it, these guys deserve their shine too. So it was ha- it was good to to give them uh, a little review here. We will of course be back doing more of these throughout the off season. We'll probably work our way up the roster. So I think you can probably expect the Julius Randall episode to be one of the last ones. Same with like RJ Barrett. We might get some guests for those ones. But this is our first one. Plenty more time to go uh, for more player reviews. We'll have them all for you guys throughout this off season. But for today, this has been Locked on Knicks. And we'll be back with a few more good episodes this week for you guys. Also our locker room chat, which I'm going to be doing solo this week at 530 on Thursday. And if you guys want to get caught up on all the sports news of the day, all you need is 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski will update you on all the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. So check out the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Until next time, guys, this has been Locked On Knicks. Peace out.